0: If you're brand new to the Bridge Church or listening online for the first time, this is a really great Sunday uh, to be here. I would argue that every Sunday is a great day to be here, but um, yeah, that's right. But today's kind of special because we're kicking off a brand new series. So you're jumping in on the ground level, kind of chapter one of what we're going to dive into over the next few weeks. And uh, this is a theme. Uh, Sometimes the Holy Spirit will uh, just put things on my heart. And uh, but he'll say, hey, you know, this is for this season or this is for this particular time. And then I have the task of kind of just sitting on it. And uh, wrestling through it and studying through it and so God really placed this on my heart a few months ago and uh, this whole series that we're unpacking this whole series that we're talking about today and um, the title of the series is miracles miracles and uh, the tagline for it is I have been set free I have been set free. And so we're going to unpack uh, all we're going to look through all the New Testament, look at uh, Jesus's miracles that he performed. But what I really want to hone in on, what I really kind of want to peel the layers back to uh, is that when Jesus performed a miracle, uh, he was pointing people to something. Uh, and the miracle was was great in itself. But yet the miracle, uh, the, the direction and the purpose of that miracle was to point people to him that he is God, that he is the Messiah. And so, but when Jesus performed a miracle, he was setting someone free, right? Uh, he was either setting them free physically, uh, but he was trying to get them to the spiritual. A lot of times we're going to see even today uh, that he set somebody free in the physical and in the spiritual. And so we see this begin to happen. Uh, but and before we get there, I just kind of want to pray for us, ask God to speak to our hearts here today and um, allow God to, to work. I see uh, we're having the screens are not up but you guys can lean in right and you can lean into it as we put the the lyrics up you just may have to take extra notes that's okay bonus points today for extra notes but uh, let's pray together and ask God just to speak this morning God thank you so much for today God we know that today is a gift and that as we walked in here today I, I can only imagine everything that is racing in all of our minds God, I know that life can be heavy, life is not always pretty, and life is not always easy, God. And God, I just pray that we can kind of take a moment and take a breath and just receive your word, God. I pray that we can receive the goodness that you have before us. I pray, God, that you'll open our hearts, open our minds to receive your word. God, I pray that I will decrease so that you may increase. And we ask all that in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen, amen. So as we think about this idea, um, I begin to think about this idea of freedom. And I, I think that all of us have uh, different fears. And so I kind of want to get a judge of the room. Maybe if you're online, you can throw a comment in there. Uh, but uh, as you're thinking about the fears, uh, some of us may have fears of different animals, right? Uh, I don't know about you but if I see a snake I'm not one of those manly guys that are going to run up and grab the snake by the head. No, I'm running, I'm screaming, like I'm calling my wife, "Get this snake out of here, you know, whatever it may be." I'm finding the if I have to, I'm finding the longest stick. Here's a parenting hack. Anyway, um my oldest son loves animals, so now he's like the snake. Get them, get him out of here. He's 11 now. But anyway, um, don't judge me as a parent. So as we're, we're in this moment and we think about the fears that we have, some of us maybe have fears of spiders, right? Uh, you see a spider. My, if my wife sees a spider, all bets are off, right? Like she's not even in the same room. We have to kill it and get it out of the way. One night she woke me up at 2 a.m. because a tree frog got into our house, and was bouncing around, and I'm like half asleep. I just picked the whole chair up and set it on our back porch, and I'm like, let's just go back to sleep. And uh, But we have different fears in life, right? And sometimes, uh, maybe as a kid, uh, uh, I've shared this with you guys before. I'm not a fan of the dark. Uh, I'll sleep with multiple lights on in the house, you know. Like uh, my, it drives her crazy because she wants it pitch black. I'm like, it's too dark. I can't sleep in here, right? Uh, but it, it's the, the the fears that can come up. And actually, I think it is not just the dark, but maybe it's the fear of the unknown, right? And I think those can those fears can transition not just in the physical. But also there's fears that weigh heavy on us in life, right, that can begin to weigh us down. I have a a fear of maybe not being successful. I have the fear of nobody's going to accept me, right? Or I have the fear of, of something's going to happen to me or my family. I have the, uh, the fear of uh, this is not going to happen. Or I'm not going to be able to provide. Or maybe I have the fear uh, that I begin to wrestle with friends or whatever it may be. I have the fear that I'm not going to be able to experience this in life. Right. Or maybe it's even bigger than that. I, I have the fear of I'm wrestling with the idea of death. Right. Like it, because the fear is real. Right. It's very real. It can be very uh, in front of us. And if the the fears begin to weigh on us, then it can begin to hold us captive. Right. Because if I'm fearful, now I'm held back. I don't want to do that thing. Right. I don't want to step forward because the fear is just overwhelming and and fear can paralyze us. Right. I think if we're honest with each other. It can paralyze us, can hold us back from experiencing life, from experiencing everything that God has for us. And as we think about this series about freedom this series about miracles I believe that God wants to set us free I believe that he still has the power to set captives free today right now in 2023 I believe that God still has the ability and the authority to do miracles today and we're, we're going to lean in and uh, I don't want to discount the, the physical miracles that God wants to perform. But I really want to lean into the spiritual because I believe that every time God performs a miracle in the physical, he's trying to get people to the spiritual. What I mean by spiritual, I mean our soul, what's happening inside of our hearts, our conscious, how it's weighing in on us. And God is saying, because I want to change you from the inside out. One of my favorite definitions of a miracle, Uh, I began to study this and uh, this is one definition that we see here that uh, a miracle is an event that the direct power of God at work to overcome the natural laws of nature and defy common expectations of behavior. But I love this one even further. Uh, This one here, it it kind of uh, plays into the, the activity of God. A miracle is less common kind of God's activity in which he arouses people's awe and wonder and bears witness to himself. I love this right here, a less common kind of God's activity, right? Because God is always at work. He there's activity going on all around, whether we know it or not. He's always working behind the details. But miracles seem to kind of rise to the surface from time to time, Uh, described as a less common kind of God's activity. But when a miracle happens, it's like we lean in, right? It's like we can see something and God's arousing the wonder that is in us. We almost entitled this series, Awaken the Wonder of God. Because that's what we want to do. We kind of want to stir some things inside of us. And that's what Jesus did when he walked on this earth. He began to stir the pot a little bit of the world. And he used miracles in order to do that. And so Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. We're going to be in Mark chapter 2 today. That's our base verse. That's where we're going to really be diving in and studying. Uh, But I want to read this verse to you because I want this to be an underlying kind of woven theme Throughout this entire series. And this is what Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 says. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. And don't get tied up again in the slavery to the law. I love that, right? That the, we have been set free in Christ. We talked about that in Easter. Now make sure that you stay free. And don't get tied up again. In the law. And we're going to be kind of be talking about that all throughout the week that God has called us to freedom, and let's not go back to the things that tie us up. Let's not go back to the things that hold us back from experiencing the true freedom in Christ. And so I kind of want to give you a disclaimer today. And I shared this story in our leadership meeting. Um, uh, about five months ago, I had a dream. And so I don't know where your theology sits on dreams, but uh, I had this dream. And every once in a while, I'm talking about a very like two, three times in my life, uh, I'll have a dream and immediately I'll wake up. And, and in those moments, a lot of times the dream is so real, so vivid, I have to write it down or I have to go and kind of just pick it apart. And uh, so there I have a good friend of mine who's also a pastor. I worked with him at our previous church. His name is Justin McKinney. And now he's the campus pastor at uh, the church that we were previously at. We're getting ready to go to Honduras together with him twice over the next few months. And uh, they're our sending church as a church plan. And so he's one of their campus pastors and he's really like a big brother in the faith to me. Uh, when I say big brother, he's a he's a big man. I mean, he's like six, 250 pounds. Like he walks through the room. You're like, OK, like uh, he's got my back, hopefully. Right. Uh, but he begins to preach the word. He's, a, he's an incredible man of God. But he's in my dream. OK, and he looks at me and he goes, Daniel, stop preaching clean messages. And then I wake up right there in the moment. And I remember I remember those moments where it was like it's one of those things where the Holy Spirit just kind of grabs you a little bit. I don't know why the Holy Spirit's kind of hostile to me and my in my thinking, but he's like, it grabs me a little bit and kind of shakes me up. And he's like, hey, right. So I wake up and the next morning and I text him. I'm like, hey, man, you're in my dreams. Right. Like, what, get out of my dreams. And I, so uh, but what you know, whatever we believe about that, uh, it sparked a really great conversation. Where I was texting him and I was like, hey, this is what you said to me. And he's like, you know, the crazy thing is God's been stirring my heart as well. And so we began to talk about what this means. And what I mean by clean messages is that uh, I believe that God is calling us into the trenches with people. Right. Sometimes as Christians and even for myself, I can begin to build a scaffolding because I've been set free from the trenches. Right. Like God's pulled me up from it. And sometimes we start to build this scaffolding up. Right. Like I'm up out of the trenches now. I'm good. Let me kind of enjoy this moment. And there's nothing about enjoying that moment. But we know that the true call of God as we're following Jesus. What he did is he climbed back down the scaffolding into the trenches with us. Right. And I believe that's what God is stirring as your pastor. That's what he's stirring my soul. He's like, hey, let's get back deep into the trenches. Right. Like we didn't we didn't move here five years ago to plant a church just to do Sunday mornings. Right. Which I don't think we're doing that now. But I just think God's kind of restirring the call a little bit of going, you know what? And, and we're going to get back into the trenches because the trenches are not always clean. Right. Like sometimes. It's messy. Sometimes it's a little crazy, a little chaotic, but we're saying, you know what? We have the hope of Christ and we're going to go back into the darkness, back into the trenches, even if it causes a little restlessness in us and we got to wrestle with it. But we're going to go back into the trenches because God wants to set people free through his people. God wants to set people free. And I believe in 2023, you're not here by mistake. I'm not here by mistake I truly believe that in God's divine purposes he has arranged this group of people to be here in 2023 and he is saying I foreknew that you were going to be there I knew who your neighbors were going to be I knew all of this began to happen and so uh, I believe that we're here for a reason I don't know about you but I believe God is still at work and I believe uh, that he's stirring us in this and you guys have already got me preaching we're not even to the text yet uh, but uh, that's just I, I, w- I kind of want to bring everybody in and uh, for me I just want I I believe we're on this journey together right we're walking together in this and so that that's what God is stirring in me as we talk about these particular stories in this particular group of uh, this set free and and what do we look like and what do we need to do what are our next steps and so that brings us to Mark chapter 2. And I love the book of Mark because the book of Mark is as you read the Gospels, you get Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Right. But Mark is the one who is almost like the action movie of the Gospels. Right. Like he starts right in the action. We got in Luke where he starts with baby Jesus and Matthew starts with the genealogy and all of this stuff. The book of John, he starts with who Jesus was in the beginning. Right. But in the book of Mark, he goes right into the action. Right. And the Gospels give us different camera angles, so to speak, of jesus 's life, right? So we can see maybe uh, from the book of Matthew we see that he really honed in on the Jewish tradition and he was proving that Jesus is the Messiah, and we see Mark coming in from a different angle and he 's showing us that Jesus comes with authority and comes with power, and so he comes in when, and showing us these miracles and all of these different pieces, right. And uh, we have all of these different camera angles. And in fact, if you and I were a detective and we were to pull all of these eyewitnesses together, and if every eyewitness gave the exact same story, you and I would step back and go, uh, hold on, something's fishy going on. Right. Like like this is this is not right, because we know that everybody kind of filters life a little differently. Right. And we view things from a different angle. So that's why you and I see different things. In the Gospels, we read the book of Matthew, we see it from one angle. We read the book of Mark, we see it from another angle. But it's all coming from uh, experiencing the life of Jesus, And a lot of scholars believe that Peter had a big deal of kind of walking with Mark, of creating and writing uh, this gospel here in the book of Mark. And so as we get in Mark chapter two, you can see we're right in we're in chapter two and he's already getting into the action. Then this is not even the first miracle in the book of Mark here in Mark chapter two. But we get to Mark chapter two and we see that Jesus is already stirring people up in this city called Capernaum. And he begins to teach and there's crowds all around from every town that are starting to come because they want to hear from this man, Jesus, who is performing miracles. And when we look in the New Testament, there is about 37 miracles that jesus performs all throughout that and then we read in the, at the end of book of john uh, the book of john that uh this all his miracles were not even recorded right like there were plenty others but these were just the ones that were recorded while he was here on earth and so as we get to mark chapter 2 this is where we pick up we're going to read through this and kind of learn from this story of how you and i can live free in christ and so mark chapter 2 verse 1 everybody doing okay yeah. very good Uh, Verse one, it reads like this. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no room even outside the door. Now, most scholars believe that this was the house of Peter. Uh, Because he had a house here and that maybe uh, we we don't know that for a fact. But uh, as they're kind of walking in this, walking through this story, uh, no room, even outside. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus, seeing their faith. Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of the religious law were sitting there, thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or stand up, pick up your mat and walk? So I will prove. To you that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up. I mean, amen. That, that would be me. The man jumped up, grabbed his mat, walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Can you imagine the scene? I mean, Jesus is standing there and he is preaching. He's performing miracles. And people, I mean, the house is packed. I mean, people are lying from wall to wall, sitting in the windowsills. People are outside. Like, imagine this room packed. And then people are standing outside and they're trying to lean in. They're trying to hear what Jesus is saying because he's, he's teaching and he's preaching. He's preaching with such authority, right? And he's proving his authority through these miracles. Well, there's this paralyzed man. We don't even know his name, right? The Bible calls him paralyzed man. And it says that he has four friends. And the four friends uh, hear about this Jesus. And they're going, if we can just get our friend to Jesus, maybe he can heal him, right? Maybe he... Can change his life, right? And so they go and grab the man and they get him to the crowd. And when they get to the crowd, it is so packed out, they can't work him through the crowd. They're like, this is gonna be impossible. We're gonna step on people. People aren't moving, all of these things, right? They don't want to give up their seat to be as close to Jesus. And so they're they're trying to get this man to Jesus. And what I love about this story, and I think you and I can learn some principles from this, is that we have a man who is sitting here. He's paralyzed. We don't know how long he's been paralyzed, probably his entire life. And his friends hear that Jesus can set him free. His friends hear and see that God can do something. So they go to him and they say, hey, we need to get you to Jesus. Right. But what I love about this is he could have refused it. He could have said, "Nope, I'm good. I'm always going to be like this. This is who I am. This is where I'm at. Like, I can't do anything about it. He could have refused. He could have pushed them away. He could have fought. He could have crawled, whatever. They're trying to carry him, right? And I think that's important for you and I. It's to understand that God wants us to live in a type of community that when people come around us, that we're okay with asking for help, right? I believe that's the beauty of. Of Christian community. In fact, uh, asking for help is not weak. It is wise. You know, there's there's moments and seasons in our life where we all need help. Right. We all need that that extra boost or whatever is going on in our lives. And we all every single one of us will hit a moment and a point in our life where it can feel like we're at rock bottom and we just don't know what to do. But God's going, hey, I want you to understand godly Christian community is you're not on this thing alone. You're not walking in and taking this journey by yourself, but lean into it. And when people come around you for help, lean in and re- be able to receive what God is doing in and through them. And I think there's a principle for us to understand is that it's OK to not be OK. It's OK. I think I need to say that again. Right. Like it's OK okay to not be okay right like I feel like there's this American thing where we walk by how you doing I'm good I'm good I'm good how you doing I'm good I don't want to burden you I don't want to you know whatever but I think there there does need to be I'm not talking about oversharing I'm not talking about get on Facebook in 30 minutes and tell the whole world everything but there is a group of godly Christian people that God wants us to be around and there's going to be moments where you go hey I'm not okay. I'm I'm wrestling through this right now. Here's what's going on in my life. Right. And sometimes even just getting it out of here and getting it through here, as you say it, you're like, oh, I'm kind of feeling better already. Like I'm this is I'm hearing myself, what I'm saying up here. I just kept going down the rabbit hole. I kept going darker. I kept going further from God. I kept going into fear. All of these things. Right. Because that's what the devil wants. The devil's his part of his scheme is to isolate. Right. Like you feel that I feel the tension. You feel the tension of, of going, you know what? You know, I, I, I don't know if I need to be in community today. You, you feel that tension a lot of being in Christian community right, like small group and church and all of those things, there's always going to be this kind of pull and this tension to pull us away from godly community, right, and that's the, the world, our sinful flesh, right, our all those desires, the enemy, because he knows that if you and I truly walk in godly community, we can live in freedom, right, God can use it not only to set people free, but in Galatians 5 to keep people free, right, as we're in this godly community, but then Right? There's two sides to this story, right? Like this guy had to receive this help, which, if we're honest with each other, sometimes is the hardest part. There's this this other group of people, right? The, it says these four men realized their friend needed help. And they dropped everything. Right. Like they probably had jobs. They probably may have families, whatever it may be. But and it cost them something. Right. At the very least, it cost them their day. Right. It cost them maybe even their reputation. You're talking about digging a hole in somebody's roof. okay? like that, whatever it may be, these guys, they go, you know what? We're going to physically come to your house. Right. Knock on your door and say, hey, I know you're not okay. We want to help. Can we get you to Jesus? Right. And we see this almost this tenacity of people who are willing to kind of leave being comfortable going, you know what? I want to help because if we can just get them to Jesus, I believe everything can change. I believe everything can change for them and their life and I, i'm not, i got this picture right this vision of going that's what god is calling us to do right like he didn't call us just to open up doors for another church on the corner but no i want to be like this group of of people right who are going you know what we're going to go out these doors and those who are hurting who are far from god who are who don't think they can do it on their own we're going hey can i get you to jesus hey I, whatever i do i need to pick you up what do you want me to do can i help answer some questions let's go like Let me just help you get to Jesus. And if I can get you to Jesus, I believe everything can change for you. I believe he can set you free. Right. I love that idea of these people going, you know what? We're not going to stop. We believe that God can continue to set him free. And the story continues. Right. They get him there and then they get to the crowd and can and, and they then that moment they could have been like, oh, it's packed. I mean, Jesus is in the middle of his sermon. Right. Like we can't interrupt Jesus. But they had so much almost tenacity of faith where they said, you know what? I, I, I'm just trying to picture which one did this, right? Because they walk up to the crowd and they go, you know what? The crowd is back, but there's a spot on the side of the house, right? Can you imagine this huddle? Like, hey, let's get together. Let's get together. All right, look, I got an idea. Just hear me out. Hear me out, right? Like, and so they begin to tell, look, we can get on the side of this house. We can climb up onto the roof, okay? And we can carry him up. And then, look. I think I even kind of see a little hole. We can dig a little hole, and we'll just lower him down right in the middle, and and he'll be right in front of Jesus. It's gonna be amazing. And then I picture them kind of going, yeah, yeah, okay, that's great. Okay, ready, break. And they walk over, and then they got to explain to the guy, who's paralyzed, right? Like, hey, we got an idea. Just hear us out. Just hear us out, okay? Right? Like, we're gonna we're gonna carry you. We're gonna lift you up to the roof, okay? Just hear us out. Hear me out, right? And we're gonna carry you to the roof, and we're gonna lower you right in front of jesus we believe if you can get right in front of him he can heal you he can do something for you right and we see this picture and can you imagine the people in the crowd jesus is preaching i mean he is the word made flesh right he could have just stood there like this and would have been a great sermon right but he is preaching the message of christ he is the word in the flesh he's preaching with such authority and all of a sudden a hand Comes down through the roof, right? And a little dust hits the ground and we're in church right now. Matt just coming and all of a sudden here's this man. I like to get into the text, really just feel like I'm in the story. What is the guy on the mat doing, right? He's being lowered. He's just like, hey, how you guys doing? Just don't mind me. Just coming down through the ceiling. Um, Yeah, just brief hold everybody. I know it's a good point, Jesus. Just hold on a second, right? So they lower him down right here to Jesus. But here's what I love about Jesus is it wasn't an interruption to him. He knew this was going to happen, right? Everybody in the crowd probably didn't even know this was going to happen. But just Jesus in the back of his mind, I picture him almost like smirking. Like I'm about to show y'all something that you, are nev- you never even would have expected. You would have never called this, right? All of a sudden, a man comes down from the ceiling. And he's like, oh, y'all are a little late, but that's OK. Come on down, right? Like, and they bring him down and Jesus doesn't see it as an interruption, and oftentimes in our lives, when God wants to work through us, it comes into a form of interruption, right? We get a text, we get a phone call, or we hear a story about someone. And for us, it comes as like a, oh, I have my day already planned out. I had this, 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 and this was going on. This is, needs to go on. This needs to happen, right? But God sees the interruption and he goes, oh, I can use this, right? Right. And you and I have an opportunity to lean into those moments and and, and receive that and have the, the the hindsight and the eyes the way that Jesus had and to lean into it, not see it as an interruption, but see it as an opportunity to help someone to say, you know, what I'm, I'm going to walk with you in this and through this. And Jesus begins to have a conversation with this man. And he looks at him and he begins to talk with him. And I think this is an impactful thing for you and I to realize and kind of sit. And I just realized it's already 1045. Man, we're having too much fun in here. But as he's sitting there and he begins to have a conversation with this man. And he says, I believe that God wants to forgive you of your sins. And I almost guarantee his first thought and his friend's first thought was We came here for you to heal his legs like for sins. Can we deal with that later? Like we came so that you would heal me physically like I want to walk. And I believe Jesus would have reached down and began to tell him I can make you walk, but you'll still be held captive. Like, I can make this happen physically for you, but I want to do something bigger in you, right? Like, I want to set your soul free. I want your eternity to be secure. I want you to be so free to the point. It doesn't matter if you're paralyzed or you're not. You're still free mentally. Your soul is free, right? All your heart is free. You know who you are in Christ. And no matter what the world throws at him, he knows that he's in the hand of God and that God is walking with him and that he is forgiven for all of his sins. And that is what God is saying to you and I, right? Oftentimes we want him to say, God, I want I need you to make this thing physically happen inside of my life, right? Like I need you to provide this way or do this certain thing or work in this person's whatever it may be. And we're just crying out for the physical, right? And God's going, I'm going to take care of the spiritual first, right? I want to take care so that that Thing that, that has you in knots is not holding you captive anymore. But I want to set you free. I want you to experience freedom no matter what you face, right? And then this story, I, I, the Pharisees, come on, man, right? He looks down, he forgives this man of his sins. He says, hey, you are, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees turn around and go, oh, Who is this man? You can't forgive sins. Like, what do you what do you this is blasphemy. This this is crazy talk. You, You cannot do this right. Only God. Can forgive sins. And Jesus goes, OK, only God. That's what I'm trying to tell you that I am God. And that's why I have come. I'm in the Messiah. I've come to set the captive free. I've come forgive. I've paid the penalty for sin. I've paid that penalty for every person who would come to me and place their faith in me. He's saying that's why I've come. And he says, oh, I'm going to prove to you that that's who I am. And then at the very end of all of this, that's when he performs a miracle. That's when he leaks down and he goes, Oh, you want to see that I am God? Let me just show you here, real quick. You want a writing in the sky? You want me to show you? Look, let me prove to you that I am God. Pick up your mat, stand up and walk. I love Dave pointing this out in our leader huddle earlier. In the Old Testament, God would use Moses' staff, right? He would use all of these props to kind of point people to God. But Jesus just looks down. And he speaks a word. And when Jesus speaks a word, things begin to move, right? Like tendons begin to come back together. Bones begin to heal. And this man stands. It says that he leaps up and he's running around and he picks up his mat and he carries it off. And he's all excited. And all these people are standing around and see this interruption. And they go, wow, we have never seen anything like this before, right? We have never seen anything like this before. But here's where I kind of want to end the message here today, because uh, we look at this man, right, and we see that the Bible doesn't list his name, and he says this man is paralyzed, right, and they he, they, they list his infirmity, right. They list what is wrong with him. They list what it, what has happened inside of his life and you and I we look at that physical and we go well uh, maybe I'm not sure if I really connect with that or you know I, I don't have a physical element that somebody connects me to but maybe you and I have a past that somebody connects us to right and God is saying what I want you to do is I want you to give that to me so that I can forgive you right and I believe there are some of us in the room or maybe listening online that have been forgiven by God. You believe that you've been forgiven by God, but yet you haven't forgiven yourself. Right. You're, you maybe you're still carrying that around with you. And this is this is kind of a question, I think, that you and I can realize. Maybe maybe this is me. Is there something in our past that we keep labeling ourselves by? Right. Or maybe somebody else is labeling that from our past. Right. And and I just pictured this. I grabbed this from the kids hall and um, I grabbed this because I believe that every single one of us, we're walking around and we have either been labeled by someone or we have labeled ourselves by something. Right. And so we may walk around in life and maybe there was something going on in our lives where um, maybe uh, for us, we wrestled with uh, back in the day. I, I can remember myself even kind of going to parties and getting drunk. and Right. Like, oh, that's that's the partier. That's the. That's the person who uh, always got drunk, right? And yet we've come to Christ. Our life has changed, but there's still people around us that go, oh, that's that's the partier there. That's the the one that continues to uh, the one that got drunk and that they wrestle with that. Or maybe I'm just going to cross these out How about that. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe maybe we've been an addict before. Right. And uh, you guys can read that. I'm a doctor. And uh, maybe we've 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 been an addict before. And even though we're free from it, that doesn't hold us back anymore. But yet maybe other people, maybe even ourselves, we still see ourselves as this. Right. Maybe we've been divorced. And we still carry the weight of that. And we actually even define ourselves by that. Right. This is who I am. This is who I'm always going to be. This is how I carry it. Maybe uh, maybe we do have something physical That's going on inside of our minds that we we wrestle with. Maybe it's a like a physical depression. We have to see a counselor, you know, whatever it may be. We have to take extra steps of medication, whatever it may be. And we just carry this around of this is who I am. I just live my life this way. This this has happened on in my family's life, my family's life. And and oftentimes here's what the enemy will whisper in your ear and in my ear. Look, that's just who you are. Right. That's just nothing can happen. Nothing can change. And we we carry this around. And what this does is just like the paralyzed man, it's left us paralyzed to take steps of faith, right? It's left us held captive and God is going, I want to set you free, right? I want you to experience life like you have never experienced before. Like I want you to uh, understand who I am and how you can walk with me and and that now your label are not these things that we carry around but we have a new label in christ right and this is my favorite label right here and my board's not working out oh yeah watch this i'm too smart (laughs) and as we carry these things in our life right because what god wants to do as we are held captive that our new identity in Christ. Is set free. Amen? Amen. Amen. And I think there's some of us that need to. Walk in the freedom. That God's already given you forgiveness for. But you need to forgive yourself. You need to physically even whatever you're holding that label down to you. you got, this is a military household. Right. And sometimes even our identity, we can hold on to some things of our identity. Right. Of this is who I am. This is who I always been My family's always been there. Or maybe I've uh, experienced failure. Look, remember that one time they failed. That's who you're always going to be. You're always going to fail. And God's going no. 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 I have set you free. That's your identity. The devil wants to come up and write it back. We want to come up and write it back. You're like, no, I need to erase that again, right? Don't, as Galatians 5 says, no, no, no. Remember who you are in Christ. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He has set you free, and the miracles that we're learning about in this series prove that he has the ability to set you free and to set me free, and he gives us the power not only to be set free, but to live free in in our everyday life, to experience the freedom of Christ. And so every time this creeps back up, you and I go, no, 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 no. I got to preach to my soul a little bit, right? I got to preach to my mind a little bit. No, no, I've been set free. This is who I am. I am a child. When Jesus looks at this man, he calls him what? Child. He says, child, I have set you free. My identity is new in Christ. And so now when I come to Jacob, I'm like, I don't come to Jacob and go, hey, this is what happened in my past. This is what everything is going on with me. You go, hey, how you doing? My name is Daniel. I've been set free in Christ. Right. Like, could you imagine if that was on our tongue, if that was on our lips? Like, this is my identity now. I can tell you a little bit. If you want to know about my past, I can tell you a little bit about that. But can I tell you how I was set free? Can I tell you how Jesus changed my life like I am free and I'm telling you, I believe that the world is so hungry for this. Right. There's a worship song called Graze in the Garden. And, it, and the, I love the opening line because it says I search the world, but it couldn't fill me. Right. Like, we've tried all of these different things and God is going, I'm the one that can truly set you free and I believe that God wants that for you I believe that he died on the cross and rose again so that you can Live free. And I believe that with everything that I have, I'm willing to risk everything for that message. Right. I'm willing to preach that every single Sunday because I believe that this is true. Jesus is who he says he is. We just celebrated the resurrection and that's who he is. And this is the incredible thing about Jesus. And this is the opportunity that you and I have just like those four friends to go that be on our tongue. Hey, he set me free. He can set you free, too. I can't do it, but I can get you to the one who can. Right. Like, let me just get you to Jesus. Can let me help you in that? And here's the here's the gift. The thing right here. And I know we're kind of pressing in on time. You guys doing OK? Yeah. good. All right. <laughs> But as we think about this, I even thought about our gifting, right? Sometimes we look at other people's gifting. You may look at mine and go, oh, uh, he's a teacher, right? And so if I could just do that, then God could really use me. Your gifting may be giving. Your gifting may be mercy. Your gifting may be, um, it could be another aspect. Your gift could be teaching, but you've got your kids around you and you're teaching them. That's the same gifting, right, that God is using you in it. Or you're leading a small group. Or uh, maybe your gifting is uh, reaching out and serving those who are around you. We read these in the Bible that God gives us gifts. But every time we're using our gifts, we're pointing people To the freedom we have in Christ. Right? Every gifting is coming together. One body of Christ. And we're all pointing people. To the gifting that God gives us. That we can truly be set free. And Not only that. I don't want to just stop there. Because a lot of times we stop there. I've been set free. But God gives you the power. To live free. That you and I can live free. Free in Christ, right, like I love that last week we talked about the resurrection that 's the beginning of the story. When I came to know Christ, that was just the beginning right i 'm just the beginning of walking this journey with God of living free, and God wants to use every single one of us, but it starts with understanding that we are free in Christ and that we 're walking with him, and so i 'd love just to pray for us here today and Uh, If you would pray with me, uh, maybe you're hearing me today and uh, you've never truly given your life to Jesus. And I believe today is the day of salvation, where uh, if you would place your faith in Jesus, he can set you free. He can forgive you of your sins, just as he did for this man. He did for me. He can do for you. He can forgive you today. And so just pray this prayer with me, dear heavenly father. God, I give you my sin. God, I ask that you would forgive me. I believe that you are God. I believe that you died for me and that you rose again, God. And I pray that you would set me free. God, I pray that you would help me to live free. If you prayed that prayer, I'd just love to shoot your hand up real quick because I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I know somebody. I, okay. Uh, shoot your hand up today. As you're praying today, here's what I want to do real quick. Every eye still closed. I want to take us another step of the church. Um, nobody's looking around at you. Um, if you, Maybe you're wrestling with something, and uh, you are saying, you know what, I've picked this thing back up, and I just want you to lean in and pray with me uh, to continue to be set free. If that's you, shoot your hand up and say, Daniel, that's me. I see you. That's, I see you. I'm praying with you. I see you. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I know that we're wrestling with us, and every single person, we wrestle with this from time to time. God, and I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would move and work to set people free. God, I don't have this power. We're calling on your work, your power, that the Holy Spirit will begin to work, God. I pray that you would illuminate the steps that they need to take, God. But I pray right now that there's this, this supernatural exchange of where the Holy Spirit begins to work, begins to heal in the person right now today, God. We're stepping out in faith. We're praying that you would do a mighty work in us and through us, O oh God. we love you. We ask this in Jesus' name. And Everybody said? Amen. I also want to uh, keep kind of working through this as a church. And um, we talk about this a lot. We want to be a house of prayer. And so they're going to sing a response song. It's an amazing song called Gratitude. And uh, because that's what we do when we've been set free. The only thing that's worth it for King Jesus is to say thank you, right? is to worship Him. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to stand up here. Um, I've asked Miss Bunny. I, I love Miss Bunny. We all love Miss Bunny. She's going to stand up here up front with me as well. Uh, Mr. Dave is standing in the back in the Connect Center because I know sometimes this is being in front of everyone. We don't want to do that. Uh, but we're going to do this more often because we want you to know this is a house of prayer. And if you need prayer for something in your life, uh, we're available here. Mr. Dave's available back there. Um, and I believe, remember, it's okay to not be okay, but let me get you this too. Sometimes we think, oh, if I go up, people are going to know I'm not okay, right? Uh, but it could be anything that's going on in our life, right? We're just calling on the power of God together as a godly community. You could just have a, hey, I got this job thing coming up, and I got, I just want God's favor in it. i got going God to work. Maybe I have a prodigal son who's kind of running away right now. got let's just lift his name up right now. Whatever it may be, I got a a lost neighbor. Like, I just want to put their names on our lips and and cry out to God for him to do a mighty work in that. We just want to stir this pot a little bit because we believe there's power in prayer. We believe that God wants to do a mighty work in and through this church. And I truly believe we're just getting started, right? Like, like he's doing a mighty work in us. And so I'm going to invite you as they start. uh, You can receive prayer or you can just kind of take this moment to worship God here. All right. So let's stand and worship together. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.